everybody, welcome back to the Anime Summit Newscast. It's your favorite host of the most. Sound the bomb. It is February 20th. I can't believe this. It's going to be March. When? When's, when's March? March. Okay, so we have this week and then literally the week after is March on Tuesday. Wow. So this Tuesday, this is the 22nd. And, uh, holy crap. Holy shit. Woo! That's crazy, man. That's so crazy. Anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying your Monday so far. And we don't have a lot of non-anime news, but we do have quite a bit of anime news. So let's just jump right in. Uh, Links.animesummit.net. You can go there, and that's the link tree. And it has a bunch of links to everything where you can find, like, everywhere to go. So social media, the YouTube channels and uh, where to listen, and then, of course, the Discord link and then the Patreon link. Um, anything you need community-wise is all right there. So, yeah, go right there. And um, if you're not subscribed to so the YouTube, let me let me just break this down just for people who are wondering because, like, I've been asked by some people, why do you have two YouTube channels? Why don't you just upload everything to the one YouTube channel? That's a great question, um, and, and we kind of did in the beginning, like in the way beginning, we kind of did that, um, and I had made the idea to like make a secondary channel just for, <clears throat> excuse me, vlogs and and other just video kind of content, simply because the main YouTube channel I just wanted it to be another. I think I had I had brought up the idea to Quoka like, oh, I just this should just be another. Um, another you know outlet for the podcast so like the main youtube channel that's just where like the podcast gets uploaded sometimes like in the beginning we did like you know other short like review videos and things like that but it's mainly just for another outlet for the podcast so like you know spotify is an outlet apple podcast is an outlet um your whatever podcast have you use and then there's youtube so that way you can add it to your youtube playlist instead you know anime summit extra that's where all like the let's plays and video game stuff just fun stuff whatever anything that's not a podcast goes there and so there's there's video of danny playing bloodborne uh playing kingdom hearts 3 there's uh some fighting game stuff lately the late i've the last things i've done was six months ago i uploaded streets of rage 4 when it came out and then the last two videos in the last week i've were Yu-Gi-Oh master duel videos because i've been playing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh master duel and Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is really fun because, like, you can save, like, replays of matches. So what I've been doing has been like, oh, sweet, I won this one. It's going to make me look like I'm good. <laughs> I better save it. And then I end up just recording me clicking on the replay and then walking through the, the replay. Um, sometimes it's hard to record actual matches because, you know, sometimes the other player's connection's bad or they're taking forever to make a decision in response to, like, you know, a spell or something I'm playing. So that's why I haven't, like, recorded a straight-up match, and I would have to edit it to cut all that stuff out. And that's why the replay is nice, because the replay cuts all that stuff out. You know what I mean? It just it just executes what you did. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Either way, um, if you want me to stream on our Twitch, you know, because which you'll find on links.msm.net, you know, I can do that too. But anyway, let's just jump right in. Um... Pokemon Trading Card Live. This is the the version of the Pokemon Trading Card game that is going to take over or replace Pokemon TCGO, uh, TCG Online. 
Um, the beta, the beta, the beta launches in Canada on February 22nd. Um, it's the new free-to-play online app for iOS, Android, PC, Mac. Will launch in Canada February 22nd. The app's early soft launch for mobile devices in Canada and global open beta for PC and Mac was delayed from last year to this year. Um, but yeah, and I've, I've, from what I've read, your stuff from TCG Online uh, will carry over. So it's free to play, just like it, the, you know, it's like Master Duel and MTG Arena. This is the a newer version of PCT, P, TCGO. So, um, and I, and I, I hear that your card collection and stuff like that, unopened packs that you have, will carry over. I hope that's still true. Um, but yeah, it should be good to go. Nintendo shuts down eShop for 3DS Wii U platforms in March. So if you still want to buy games digitally for your 3DS or Wii U, I would do it now um, for sure because they will be shutting down the eShop for those. Uh, That being said, uh, I don't think it's one of those things where it's like you just buy the use of it and then you can just use it whenever you're online. I think it's you buy a digital copy and it goes to your game, and you can buy it whenever you want. Play it whenever you want. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, let's move that down a little bit. Let's see. Um, oh, you know what? There's not a lot of video game news. Holy shit. Okay, here we go. Um, let's move this down, too. We'll move that to the end of uh, video game news. I always try and order it so it's nice, you know, but... So I just watched this tra- the trailer for Star Wars The Old Republic Legacy of the Sith. And technically, I should have talked about this last week. So I'm sorry for being late on that. But that looks really sweet. The Old Republic games are very fun. And if you've never played them, highly recommend. But yeah, Old Republic Legacy of the Sith. Don't know when this is coming out exactly. But the official cinematic trailer was just super dope. And you can watch that on YouTube. Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. Square Enix says it's addressing the suplex phantom train complaints before launch. Um... So there was this thing, um, basically, <laughs> one of the bosses in Final Fantasy VI was this ghost train. You're, like, in this forest, and there's this railroad that goes through this really dark forest, and there was this train that's a ghost, and it's, like, a, it's like you know, it's still, it still runs the rails, you know, uh, at night and all that stuff and whatever. And so you have to fight it at one point. And there's a move that one of the characters, Sabin, has where he ba- he suplexes you. He he does like a fucking Zangief, like fucking he grabs you or grabs the enemy. And, you know, the character jumps in the air and lands and pile drives you. Uh, suplex, like a pile drive suplex or whatever. And something that was always funny about the game was you could suplex the tr- you could suplex the train you could and it looked like a it was really hilarious because the, it was it was one of those big huge bosses where the the design of the monster or whatever it goes off the screen right so like because it's supposed to be this big thing but you could suplex it and it was really funny so people were saying like can you suplex it in pixel remaster and then final fantasy tweeted a tweet that basically said yes you can still suplex the train in final fantasy 6 pixel remaster it's pretty much a meme at this point. It's really funny, and it's... I mean, of course, why would they take that out? It's so funny. People would have been outraged if you couldn't do it. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask hits Nintendo Switch Online next week. Nintendo announced last month that the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask would hit us hit its Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack subscription service in February. Now we have an official restate on February 25th. So, very cool. Majora's Mask. 
Uh, Cuphead is now out on Netflix. I have not gotten a chance to watch it. I well, I hope to very soon, I hear. Uh, I haven't really heard much, but, I mean, it looks really cool. It's a shame, obviously, that it could not be animated the same way it was done for the game. Uh, but that would have taken probably a super long time. Um, but, you know, like, it's, it's still very cool. I very much love the game. If you've never played Cuphead before... I highly recommend you do. It's a very fun platform shooter game, precision platformer. You know, don't get hit. You know what I mean? It's it's super hard, super difficult, very fun. I always like watching uh, awesome games done quick replays on this game. There's a there's a a Twitch speedrunner named the Mexican Runner, and he did an awesome version of this last year, I believe. Or was it twenty? It might have been twenty nineteen. He did. I don't remember, but like. Yeah, I think he still runs this one every year, but it's it's his runs are amazing. Uh, let's see. So Phantom Breaker Omnia, we talked about this a little bit ago, how it was a fighting game for Phantom Breaker, the latest expansion to the Phantom Breaker fighting game series. And, yeah, we already talked about it, but I just thought it was cool that apparently Amelie is doing the English opening theme version of it. Uh, Amanda Lee. Am- Amelie, if you don't know who Amelie is, she's a YouTuber who does English lyric covers of anime songs. And so, which I I like a lot of them. They're amazing. I think they're really cool. I really like her version of Let Me Hear by Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the opening to Parasite. Super cool because she did like a piano ballad version of it, and it was just like a haunting ballad. It was really cool. But yeah, I think it's cool that she's doing the English version of the Phantom Breaker Omni opening. Super cool. So in some tabletop news... um. Street Fighter is getting a set, a secret layer set in Magic the Gathering. Uh, here's here's my thing, okay? And so these secret layer sets, they're cool. I get it. They they've done some great um, some great collabs, okay? Uh, the the secret layer sets so far they've done. Let's see. Hold on. Let me find the. I want to find a list of like all the collabs they've done. Uh, existing cards into small collectible sets of strange themes and new art styles. Bitter Blossom Dreams, Eldraine Wonderland, Year of the Rat. Um, they did another April Fool set, a slime set. And yeah, a lot of these feature like just outside arts, you know, out there arts that are just way different than their actual you know, card game. They did one. Ooh, they did one for Arcane. Is that, like, as in... Is this for, like... Oh, no, that's something else. Not Arcane, Arcane. Uh, they did, like, a Pixel one. They did manga versions of Kamigawa cards. Um, which I think is, like, coming out... Or is already already out, I think. Um, they did a D&D set. They did, like, another set where, like... There were special cards that had, but like the 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 name of the card was like in a death metal logo. Um, the D and D set obviously really fit, you know, because it's fantasy on fantasy. It, it just worked, you know. They had to behold your card. It looked like a fucking like it came out of magic, you know. And the Street Fighter set is fine, you know. They had a Godzilla set too. The Godzilla set kind of worked because that artwork is very monstrous. The way it's painted and everything, it kind of works. Um, the Street Fighter set, it, it, it's eight, it's all the eight characters from the original World Warrior game, and, uh, 
they're all legendary creatures. So Ryu's card is Ryu World Warrior. He's white. Legendary creature, human warrior. I think they're all human warriors except Blanca. Yeah, Blanca's human beast warrior. Um, but yeah, there's Guile, Ken, uh, any, uh, the original eight. So Chun-Li, Ryu, Ken, uh, Honda. And they're all legendary creatures. And it's fine. You know, I... I it, I think it's very cool. I'm a big fan of Street Fighter. You know, I love card games as well and things like that. But the artwork is just like, why do you insist on using your... I just don't understand why you insist on using your go-to Magic the Gathering artists for for this. I, I, I just don't... Why? You know what I mean? I just don't understand. You, you, the whole point of Secret Layer is to is to use, you know, other, make the art different, things like that, and do collabs that are out there, you know, things like that. And it just, it's just really weird seeing the way Martina uh, Fakova do Chun-Li. It, it is Chun-Li. It looks, it looks like Chun-Li. Absolutely it does. And I think Martina's a great artist. I just do not like to see these Street Fighter characters depicted in this way, that typical, realistic, weird magic, you know, very, you know what I mean? It's like, well, it's like, well, Sam, what about the live-action Street Fighter uh, Assassin's Fist movie and whatever? That movie was great, and they found, the, they found the perfect people to play the characters in that. But, like, this is, like, you can tell it's that weird magic realistic art where it doesn't look realistic at all, but it is supposed to be. It just doesn't look right. It looks ugly. It looks super ugly. Um, if they weren't Street Fighter characters and they were doing, you know, these artists are great. Okay, it's not. It's not that their art that's bad. It's that it, it it's the characters in their art style. I think it looks bad. I've never liked it. It looks like you know the art on the Super Nintendo cartridges. You know when Capcom would do their own art. You know what I mean? It just looks terrible. I think Victor Adam Minguez's art for uh, Dalsim, Dalsim and. Uh, Honda are cool. Like those are pretty good. Those are decent. They're fine. It's just the rest of it. I don't. I don't know. And th that's my problem. Here and there lies the problem with with what I have with Magic: The Gathering is that it they they're so bad at listening to their player base anyway for like competitive play and organized play that the only way for them to stay relevant is to do things like this lately with secret layer sets, and it's just. And if I'm off base on that, like you can, we can talk about it on Discord. You know, um, I just think it looks. I think Chun Li looks ugly. I think Ryu looks ugly. Ken looks like a complete douchebag, which like he's supposed to look kind of like a tool because he kind of is, but not like that. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? It just looks bad. Um, that's just my opinion. Like obviously, you know, the opinion of one person doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I'm just. I'm just saying. And I think it's still a cool idea. I think they're, you know, but it's like you got Yoshitaka Amano to do a Liliana card. You can get another. Why couldn't you get a Capcom artist to do the art for these and just gave them a little direction like, hey, remember, it's supposed to be a magic card. So make sure you keep that in vain when you're doing this. You know what I mean? Like, why couldn't you just at least get an Udon artist? You know, the Udon art for the, the Street Fighter comics like would have been hundred times better. Like you couldn't have get you couldn't have got one of them. Why did you go to your go to magic artist to do this? It just looks goofy and I don't like it. So and again, those artists aren't bad. They're great at what they do and they're great at making the cards for magic. Just not these characters. That's all I'm saying. 
And the last bit of tabletop news before we get into some movie and TV news. Um, they have now added a mulligan rule and a side deck rule in Digimon Card Game. And for those of you who don't know what a mulligan or side deck is, if you've never played card games before, basically a mulligan is exactly what it is. It's a mulligan. You draw a hand and you're like, eh, I don't really, this is a bad hand. Let's see, let's mulligan and get a new hand. Um, some mulligan rules are different in other game from game to game. Like in Weiss, you draw five cards, you discard the ones you don't want, and draw that many. Um, in Pokemon, there is no really a mulligan rule. There's you only mulligan your hand if you don't have a basic Pokemon. If you have a, if you have a basic Pokemon, you have to play it. In Magic, there's I think you draw your seven cards, and you can you can mulligan, and then you ask your opponent, "Can I draw seven cards?" And if they say no, then you have to draw six. I think that's at least that's how it was when I played competitively. I don't know what it is now. It could be different now. I know they've changed some things since then. Um, and then your side deck. Excuse me. Your side deck is something. Uh, not every not every card game has this. Yu-Gi-Oh has this. Standard Magic has this. And I think that's. I think that's it. I I can't think of any other card game, uh, competitive card game that has this. But a side deck is basically, uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh I believe it's fifteen cards. In Magic I believe it's ten or fifteen. Um, is a deck is a, is a deck of extra replacement cards to put in your deck. So like, if I play Nick in a game of Magic, and he's playing a deck that's that I'm that mine is good against, I'll leave my deck the way it is. Okay, I beat him, I win, cool. Now I'm playing Danny in the next round. Danny's deck is good against mine, so I have cards in my side deck to replace other cards. Um, excuse me, to replace other cards. That would, that would do better against her deck. So it's like they're just replacement cards for in-between matches. And so they've added a side deck rule where you can have a side deck of 10 cards. You have your 50-card deck and then a side deck of up to 10 cards. And then a mulligan. After players have placed their security and drawn their starting hand, they may review their hand in mulligan. To mulligan, place all the cards in your hand at the bottom of your deck. Do not shuffle and do not replace your security cards. Draw five new cards from the top of your deck. That is your new hand. That's it. Side decks, players will be permitted to bring their main deck of 50 cards and a side deck of up to 10. So it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a side deck at all. You can just have five cards, you can have 10. Side decks may include main deck and digi egg cards. The limit on copies of cards with the same card number that can be included applies to the total cards in your deck and side deck. If rules or effects change the limit on copies of each card that can be included, the limit applies to the total cards in both your deck and the side deck. So basically, you can have you can have four copies of the BT five, you know, or BT three? No, BT five. Yeah, you can have you can have four copies of the BT five Gilmon in your deck and in your side deck. I think that's pretty obvious. I don't think that's you know what I mean. Um, and then the contents of the side deck are considered secret area. They're not public information. Um, so, you know, they're kept separately away from the game, outside of the game. And then, like like any other card game with a side deck. So, yeah, that's pretty nice. It's it's really nice for a game like Digimon, especially because, the like, like you know, for example, my purple deck, my, my Dan Devimon deck is not very good against uh, certain colors. And... Um, I might have some other purple cards that would be good defense or weaknesses to 
those colors. So I better replace them real quick before I start my next match. You know, I'm best two out of three matches, things like that. So yeah, very nice. Uh, let's move on to some TV movie news. Transformers Nickelodeon show premieres this fall. A new CG film and franchise set for 2024. Uh, Paramount Pictures revealed on Tuesday that the previously announced Transformers animated series in collaboration with Nickelodeon will premiere on Nickelodeon this fall. The series was previously announced to have 26 episodes and is slated to air on Nickelodeon in the United States before airing in other countries. The animated series will follow a new species of Transformers who are trying to find their place and purpose among the Autobots and Decepticons and the human family who adopt them. Claudia Spinelli, who is overseeing Nick's, Nickelodeon's creative team, stated that the show will feature both original characters and fan favorites. That's really cool. So, like, it's 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 not... Because Autobots and Decepticons, like, they're those are more factions or so. You know, I don't... I mean, and I don't know too much about Transformers lore as much as, like, actual Transformers fans. Whereas I am just your like below average Transformers fan, um, I don't know too much about the, the the lore of that, but like you know that's that's really cool that there's going to be like a whole new set of characters and um, whatever. Speaking of Transformers, Rise of the Beasts is the first of a planned new trilogy. Paramount announced on Tuesday that Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, the next film in the live action Transformers franchise, will be the first in a planned trilogy of films. It will open on June 9th, twenty twenty three. Deleted almost one year. Uh, from its original twenty four June twenty fourth twenty twenty two air date, the film will get released in Japan in twenty twenty three under the title Transformers Beast Kakusei. Um, the new film will center on key concepts from the earlier Beast Wars Transformers show, including the appearance of Ma- of the Maximal and Predacon factions. Oh, so they are factions, as well as characters such as Optimus Primal, Arizor, and Rhinox. It will feature elements from the other projects such as the Terracons and the Scourge alongside classic characters like Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. So that's very cool. Like, yeah, so for those of you who don't know, there was like a 3D animated show called Beast Wars Transformers. And it basically what happened was is they entered this new era in interplanetary like war with the Decepticons and they got these new powers in which they are animals and they transform into like their their robot form and then transform into an animal. So like Optimus Prime became Optimus Primal. He was a gorilla turning into a, a, a transformer a robot as opposed to a truck. And then there's Cheetah, which I believe was Hot Rod. Um, instead of a Hot Rod car, he was a Cheetah. And then uh, Starscream was like a pterodactyl or something instead of a... It was really cool. And then, yeah, it was, it was sweet. Uh, so I think that's what it's based off of which is very cool um very excited about that beast wars is really cool i like beast wars oh and then there was a sequel to that where they became even more beastier or something but yeah so i last week i had brought up about i had brought up the thing about uh the amazon prime lord of the rings the rings of power and how people were upset or something like that uh the thing the thing about so and I, I didn't really say the reason why is because I didn't want to get into it and I didn't want people to like come at me or whatever. But honestly, I should say something and I don't really freaking care. Um, you know, if someone gets mad at me or whatever. Um, and it's just my opinion. So like, you know, if you're gonna get mad at me over that, that's fine. I guess you can get mad at me. It's fine. It's okay. You know, we can disagree. It's fine. Um, but basically, people the reason why people were mad 
was because like there was a shot in the trailer of an elf and the elf was played by an african-american actor and a lot of people were like this is supposed they're supposed to be white because there's this is supposed to be like um this is supposed to be like uh like an old world medieval england fantasy version of england or something and i mean maybe that was true i don't know i you know maybe that's true i don't know token like you know i don't fucking know the guy too much i haven't read about him too much at the same time, it's a fantasy. I don't think an elf being brown is literally going to kill anyone or hurt anything or hurt the story. You know what I mean? And I mean, if we're really, if we really are being realistic, if it is in the before times, you know, a lot of humans back then on a single continent, you know, Pangea or whatever. If that's if that's kind of what it is, like, you know what I mean? Like Middle Earth is like an alternate Pangea. You know, more, more and more. Uh, more humans were darker back then than they were, you know, whiter. So, I mean, that being said, there, there might be a thing like, oh, well, hobbits are supposed to have this kind of skin or, or whatever, and elves are supposed to have fair skin and whatever. I don't think in my, like, knowledge of Lord of the Rings, which isn't that much, by the way, I, I don't think they've ever said that in the books. I know that when they describe hobbits in the books that they're really fucking hairy. Their appetite is, like you know, 10 times, you know, like even the most hungriest person, you know what I mean? And like, they eat like 12 meals a day, full meals a day, and their feet are really hairy. And that's why they walk around barefoot because the hair on their feet protects their feet a lot. Um, I don't think I've ever just like heard of anything describing the, the, you know, the dwarves and all of them and as being like, oh, and they all dwarves are this skin color or all, you know what I mean? So, and even that, even so, I don't, I, I really don't think having an African-American actor play an elf really hurts anything. It really doesn't. It really fucking doesn't. Like, in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. And it's just really weird to see people get mad about that. It's just, it's funny to me. You know what I mean? So I just kind of thought that was weird. That being said, somebody had dug up this quote uh, with some backed up research uh, on where this quote was written or taken out of. And I can't fucking, oh, I think Tolkien, Tolkien is where you can find it. And it was in a letter, I guess. But somebody had tweeted it and said, let J.R. Tolkien speak for himself on matters of adaptations, purity, and bigotry. Um, and he encouraged expanding the legendarium with paint and drama, quote unquote. And he said, I had a mind to make a body of more or less connected legend, ranging from the large and cosmogonic, cosmogonic to the level of romantic fairy story, linked to a majestic whole and yet leave scope for other minds and hands wielding paint and music and drama. So basically he's saying, like, I'm leaving it for, for people later on more creative minds than myself to like do this world how they do it you know and i think that's how most people are interpreting it at least that's how i'm interpreting it and it just kind of seems like he's like he's basically saying i wrote it this way i wrote a fairy story a fantastical story and i wanted to leave enough room for other people to like take it and just do what they will if they wanted to and maybe he just meant fan fiction people or people who licensed it or whatever. I don't fucking know. But, like, 
it just kind of seems like he doesn't fucking care. And if the man himself doesn't fucking care, you kind of look ridiculous getting mad over a black elf. Just saying. I don't know. That's just me. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. So if you want to, you know, if you want to disagree with me, that's totally okay. It's totally fine. It's just really weird. You're weird. Uh, that being said, uh, Uma Thurman has disappointing news for Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill Volume 3. Um, for the past few years, we've been talking about this. We've talked about it in the newscast many times and talked about how, like, oh, it would be cool if, like, the third Kill Bill was Vanita Green's daughter growing up and coming back to get revenge on the bride or Beatrix um, for killing her mom. And as fans may recall, through the entire thing has just been talk, and in a new interview, Uma Thurman seemed to shut down the possibility of it happening anytime soon. But she does note it almost did happen for real. I can't really tell you anything about it, she said on Sirius XM's The Jace Cagle Show. I mean, it has been discussed over the years. There was a real thought about it happening, but very long ago. I, But very long ago. I don't see it as immediately on the horizon. I hate to disappoint people. Everybody wishes it could be the case. But I think it's not immediately on the horizon. Among the potential concepts teased for Kill Bill 3 by Tarantino was the potential of casting of Thurman's real-life daughter, Maya Hawk, as Bibi, Beatrix's daughter but also the return of the daughter of Renita Green, the assassin played by Vivica A. Fox in Kill Bill, who watched Uma Thurman's Beatrix Kiddo kill her mother. So, I mean, that would have been cool. Um, In 2020, which I think I mentioned on the newscast back then, um, he had said, well, I just happened to have dinner with Uma Thurman last night. We were at a really cool Japanese restaurant. She was bragging about me, and I was bragging about her. It was a lovely night. Well, I do have an idea of what I would do. That was the whole thing, conquering that concept. Exactly what's happened to the bride since then and what do I want to do? Because I wouldn't want to just come up with some cockamamie adventure. She doesn't deserve that. The bride has fought long and hard. Now I have an idea that actually could be interesting. I wouldn't do it for a little bit, though. It would be like the la- at least three years from now or something like that. But look, it's definitely in the cards. So who knows? I mean, he's been known to routinely talk about random projects he's working on or wants to work on. So And then never does them. So who knows? I mean, also, at the same time, too, maybe he doesn't want to, you know, and uh, it's just whatever. John Williams returns in Star Wars for Obi-Wan Kenobi. He returns to Star Wars to do the music for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I'm very excited for that. I've been very into Star Wars lately ever since we watched Visions, so I kind of really want to watch uh, The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett and see what that's all about because I heard they're hype. So then I can watch Obi-Wan because it'd be sick. Um, and then we got a trailer for an, an actual trailer for the pic, the new Pixar movie turning red, which like a couple of months ago, like earlier, I think in this, in this, in the fall or in like end of summer, we got a teaser for it where it was this little girl getting a lot of emotion and she turned into a huge red panda where is like, we finally got a trailer for it. And so basically the plot is, is she goes to bed she has a pretty cool life. She's got three best friends. They're, they're a group of friends who are just having a lot of fun, vibing, going to school every day. Everything's fine. She goes to bed, wakes up the next morning as a huge red panda. And then her family tells her, yeah, there's a family curse. It's a quirk we have where we turn into red pandas. And obviously that's a 10 out of 10 movie for me. I don't even need to watch it. It's like Trisha's second favorite animal. It's like my fifth, sixth favorite animal of Animal Face Johnson's, and it looks really cute. Um, But it's this little Chinese girl named May, her little Chinese family, and her family has, like, a curse with red pandas. 
and it looked really cool. I thought it looked really nice. Um, watching the trailer again, I have it on mute, obviously. I think it looks really cool. Um, obviously, Pixar has like changed kind of their art style and how they do things in the last few years. They always change it up. You know, they don't do the same style every time. Um, with like, with like the movie uh, Soul, you know, we kind of got like this kind of nuanced look with like the the way they designed the characters in that in the real world and in the soul world and inside out we kind of got a new thing too as well where like the characters had like obviously they were emotions so they looked different like humans kind of looked like how they always did humans but like they had like this new kind of nuanced version for the the emotions in the girl or whatever and in this they kind of take those styles of like the the soul characters in the soul world and the emotion characters in the inside the girl's mind and kind of use it for everything. And it, it, it kind of looks nice. It kind of looks really cute. It looks very different from, from how they normally do human characters. The red Panda, when she turns, when May turns into the red Panda, she it looks like the fluffiest fucking thing ever. And I want to just hold her paw and tell her it's going to be fine. She's a red Panda and it's fine. I don't even need to watch this movie to know it's a 10 out of 10 movie. Cause red pandas. But, like, um, a lot of people, I guess, like, online were were complaining about how it looks. They say it looks like a downgrade. It looks bad. The style looks bad. Um, and I, to be honest, I didn't really do much research on that myself. I say I kind of stay away from Twitter. I'm not even on Twitter. But, like, uh, some of our dis- – I had to ask our Discord members about it. And the few things they, they did see, and I say few things because it really is just a few people, said that it, the animation looked bad and whatever the hell. And it always is, like, the loudest few people. It's it's always the loudest people who, like, it seems like it's everybody saying it when really it's just, like, two, three people. So, I mean, the reason why I bring it up is just because, in my opinion, in just, just my opinion, if you watch a trailer for a movie and it looks good to you, just go watch it. Don't listen to Twitter. Don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. Don't listen. You know who I listen to for for recommendations for shows and movies and all that? I listen to, like, the people on their Discord and, like, a, like other than them, like, a few other people. Like, I listen to Nick for anime. I listen to, like, my mom and Joel and Mario for movies uh, and Trisha. Trisha showed me a shit ton of movies. For TV shows, I listen to, like, I don't know, probably mostly you guys, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't talk to... I don't read things on the internet. I just talk to people straight straight up. Talk to you guys straight up on Discord. Talk to Trisha. Talk to Mario. Talk to Nick. Talk to Danny. I just... I don't take recommendations from... from Don't ever take your recommendations from the internet, dude. Just don't. I think it looks really cute. And if you haven't seen the trailer yet, you should watch it. Okay, moving on. This thing... This thing I was supposed to talk about last weekend, and I did not, so I apologize. Um... But basically, Hulu has renewed Futurama. And that was news last week. But the thing is, is that like literally like a day or so after that news came out, uh, John DiMaggio, the voice of Bender for over 120 some episodes, basically 90% of the show, was, was, was said to not be returning as Bender. And so now there's a whole thing... <laughs> on the internet and on Twitter saying Bender Gate, like bring back Bender, bring back John DiMaggio. Um, and then some people were wondering why they're like, oh, is he canceled? Did you guys cancel him? Blah, blah, blah. 
and whatever. And that was not the case. Obviously, people on the internet want to jump to conclusions and think it was some fucking thing that it wasn't. Um, but I do have an update from the 15th. So last week when I would have, uh, it came out on the 15th. So like two last Tuesday, but basically the, the gist of it is John DiMaggio wanted to get paid a certain amount and they said no. And he said, fine, then I don't have to do it because I deserve what I get paid. And then a bunch of people kind of said, dude, you're being selfish, whatever. And he was like, let me be clear. The other ca- the other castmates are not getting paid as much either. They should be getting paid more. We all should be getting paid more for this. This is a revival of a show that already had a pretty significant last episode, and we should all be getting paid more. Like, we are at we are still in a pandemic where people are turning to entertainment. Like, you can fucking afford it. You know what I mean? And so, so here's an update from the 15th from John DiMaggio on his Twitter. He posted, he typed out a thing and then posted a screen cap of that. And he said, hi, I've been thinking about everything that's been going on these past months. And just to be clear, I don't think that only I deserve to be paid more. I think the entire cast does. Negotiations are a natural part of working in show business. Everyone has a different strategy and different boundaries. Their price, their price. Some accept offers, some hold their ground. Bender is part of my soul, and nothing about this is meant to be disrespectful to the fans or my Futurama family. It's about self-respect, and honestly, being tired of an industry that's become far too corporate and takes advantage of artists' time and talent. Look, I wish I would, I could give you every detail so you would understand, but it's not my place. Still, thanks again for the love, everyone. Still hoping for the, the best. In the meantime, I'll be in New Orleans shooting interview with a vampire for AMC, and very grateful to be. Thanks. And I think that's very, I think that's a very significant thing to say in the, in, in these times, especially in the last few years when the, with the pandemic hitting and people realizing they deserve more for what they do. That is absolutely true. And if you think about it, right, it one, one gear doesn't work without the other. Okay, so like I was describing this to Trisha with my job, right? Because I like I like schedule trucks to deliver shit for my day job. If I didn't schedule that, somebody is not getting product, which means a customer is not getting their thing, which means somebody is not getting profit. Like it's like it's like a big domino thing, right? If you don't have and 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 here's the thing with this. There's already a bunch of people who are saying they're not going to watch the show if Bender's not if John DiMaggio is not Bender. And if and if if it were me, I would pay him what he wants, or I would just and if I couldn't afford it, then I would just not write Bender, because that's you know if you first of all it would be shitty without him regardless. It'd be even shittier to replace the voice actor with somebody else. Like in my opinion, get a whole new robot character in there. Don't put don't don't even have Bender. Don't even have a new robot character. Just don't have Bender, straight up. It's bad because like it. You you gotta you gotta think about you know like you gotta think about what the consumer wants yes right and yes the customer is not always right and I feel like John DiMaggio feels in a place like he's letting a bunch of people down but really that's not the case at all if you look at all the reply tweets to this a bunch of people are saying hey we're with you we're not even gonna watch the show we think that you all all you guys should get what you deserve 
it's the same thing as a as a as a waiter or a waitress or whoever or even in the nursing field and teaching field. People are quitting. People are quitting, dude. People are quitting. Like, you know what I mean? And I think everyone should get what they deserve for for the hard work they do. And you know the 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 execs up at the top of Hulu, you know they say yes or no to shows, whatever. I'm sure their job is much harder than that, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like they put the stamp of approval on it, they spend the money, they get the people to invest, whatever. Okay, good job. But you wouldn't have a show, period, if it weren't for the people animating it, drawing it, drawing the backgrounds, putting it all together, and voicing the characters and voicing your show, and then and the sound effects people. You literally need all those gears to work to have a show. And if you don't have even one part of that, you don't have a show. Point blank, period. That's just how it works. So that being said, I applaud John DiMaggio for holding his ground. And, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know how the other castmates feel. You know, maybe they just want to do it just to do it. Um, and that's fine. I don't think that lessens John DiMaggio's reasons at all. I think he should get what he deserves and fight for it. So, that being said, let's move on to the animated. We ranted. A, we ranted a lot. Okay. Um, just want to say this too. The anime section. Well, this whole newscast is dedicated to Manabu Manabu Ohashi, who passed away. He was seventy three. He was an animator. He debuted as an animator for Toei Doga, the former name of Toei Animation. Uh, at the age of in 1964, at the age of 15, with the Shonen Ninja Kaze no Fujimaru anime, he has drawn for numerous other anime projects since then. Robot Carnival. He did stuff for Tatsunoko Production and Mushi Production. He he was part of the exodus of animators from Mushi Production that eventually founded Madhouse in 1972. His most recent animation work was in tw- 2019 for the 130th episode of the NHK series Natsuzora, which portrays the early Japanese animation industry. Um, the French television program Toko Toko streamed an English subtitled video interview with Ohashi in 2015. Pretty cool. Uh, it's a legend. So this one's for you, buddy. Yuri on Ice has finally shared a big movie update. Uh, the title of the movie is called Yuri on Ice, the movie Ice Adolescence. Um, and it's they shared like a little picture, I believe... I believe that's supposed to be Victor in the present day as Victor stands outside the rink with a mask covering his face, wearing a dress jacket. Victor's silver hair is hard to mistake. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think it's supposed to be Victor. He's got longer hair. He's wearing a mask. Um, that looks cool. That I hope that's, I hope we get that soon. I love Yuri and I so much. Uh, Luminous Witches anime cast Mikako Komatsu as Music Squadron's producer. Um, this is a spinoff of Strike Witches. Um, it's called Luminous Witches, um, where I believe, like, the group of witches is, like, an idol group, kind of. Uh, but, yeah, very cute if you're into the witches franchise, the Strike Witches franchise. Science Saru announces Yore Deco TV anime for this summer. Uh, or it says 11-11, so it says summer, so I don't know. But, like, anyway, oh, the, the, the never mind, 11 is a phrase. But is also animating Netflix Universal Studio Group's Universal Content Productions upcoming anime adaptation of Brian Lee O'Malley's Scott Pilgrim, which is very cool. They're doing the Scott Pilgrim animated series. Whoops, sorry about that. I fucking clicked on the little uh, teaser thing. But yeah, you 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 deco, you de deco. So no idea what it's about. The little teaser that came with it. 
didn't show much. Um, the number zero is pronounced Rei in Japanese. Okay, Yurei. That's why it looks like you. Yurei Deko. So, short teaser for that bitch. Um, Aharen-san wa Hakaranai, romantic comedy. April 1st debut. Here's some spring hype for you. Oh, we talked about this one already. Okay, this is the one where it's like the little the little short chick and then the tall senpai guy and they're in high school. Uh, sorry. Well, yeah, that one looks really cute. The two of them are pretty much like this. Yuri manga ends in next chapter, which I don't think this is much of a Yuri as it is a girl love. There is a difference. I learned very much. There's very much a difference between Yuri and girl love um, where a lot of people use Yuri as a catch-all term, and that's not correct. Uh, but that being said, um, you're, it will end in the next chapter. So if you're reading that, check it out. Uh, Seven Seas releases manga's first volume in the in North America on June 7th. So that's pretty cool. Dokusei Visual Novel Remakes English Chinese release slated for March 11th. Dokusei is getting a, uh, a remake version of the game. I don't know when it's coming out. It doesn't say. Uh, I assume this year. But yeah, if you are into Dokusei or Kakusei games, there you go. Comic Key licensed 1,000 Yen Hero and Volundio Diversion Sword Saga manga. So US-based digital publisher Comic Key announced on Friday they will publish Yaki, Yakimo Handsome Saito's 1,000 Yen Hero and Anao Nanaki's Volundio Diversion Sword Saga manga for a simul publication. Simul pub, that's cool. I love to hear that. Simul pub is cool. Volundio looks really cool. I have never heard of it before, um, but I'm, and I've never heard of 1,000 Yen Hero either. But they do look really cool. Thousand Yen Hero honestly looks like some uh, tokusatsu shit. Like, it looks really cool. I don't know. But I heard it's... I've Well, I've never heard anything about it because I've just heard about it just now. But it looks cool. That's what I meant to say. Bandai Namco Holdings reports increasing gun plus sales throughout the pandemic. Yeah, and water's wet. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's fucking... Okay, anyway. Uh, Bochi the Rock TV anime cast Saku Mizuno, uh, 2022 anime based on a four-coma manga, four-panel band manga. Um, this looks super amazing. This looks super cool. Um, this is like uh, the manga story follows Hitori Bochi-chan, uh, Goto, a lonely high school girl whose heart lies in her guitar. She does nothing every day except strum her guitar for by herself at home. However, she happens one day to meet Nijika Ichiji, who is looking for guitars for her group called the Kasoku Band. Yeah, literally, but this actually looks like like an actual kind of band show. It doesn't just look like cute girls doing band stuff, which is also fine because Kaon's really good. But even Kaon had like a decent kind of character story um, for all the characters involved. And this looks like another version of that, except a bit more serious. But yeah, it looks cool. Teppen, anime reveals staff, new visual. Uh, chief, or Gintama's Shinji Takamatsu is the chief director. Toshinori Watanabe is the director at Studio Drive. The anime's original announcement listed in the anime's full title is Teppin, with 15 explanation points. <laughs> it's based on the manga from 1993 to 1996. Teppin manga. Um, Yayoi Sakamoto, a diehard fan of comedians and comedy acts, enrolls in the private Kazuki High School in Nanba. Uh, which is Osaka's entertainment district, which is a famous starting point for many comedians. She reunites with Yomogi Takahashi, a childhood friend who once formed the comedy duo Konomonzu with her when they were little. Before long, they find themselves putting together a routine at a park 
like they did before in order to enter a local shopping area's contest. And at that moment, a mysterious girl calls out to them. Uh, yeah, it looks like girls doing comedy. Which, like, I don't really know much about Japanese comedians. I know North American comedy is, like, you know, kind of pushing boundaries and things like that. Or real-life kind of stuff. Like, I'll, a lot of my favorite comedians will will push boundaries and kind of talk about life stuff. Um, I like Drew Lynch a lot. He's a comedian who stutters and he won America or did he win America's Got Talent I don't remember if he was a winner but he was a he was a contestant who got gold buzzard in the beginning I think but yeah I like him uh I like I don't know I'm not really big on comedy stand-up too much as much as other people are but uh yeah I like a lot of comedy um my favorite comedian stand-up special ever was Robin Williams live on Broadway I think that was god that was so fucking funny um Shachiku-san wa Yojo Yure ni Iyasaratai anime adds three cast members. The April Ghost Workplace Comedy. So this is springtime. Uh, This is kind of one of those... The art style is kind of like... um, You know, they look a little deformed, a little shorter. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like... like, You know what I mean? Like They're kind of like... um, Kind of like like a new game in a way. New game is kind of like that, except not as chibi looking as these characters. But... Um, uh, Ku Nabara is directing the series at Studio Project Number Nine, and uh, the character designer is Haruka Tanaka. Uh, they did Golden Wind, and uh, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I cannot find. Oh, the story follows the daily life of Fushihara, a woman who is a slave to her company, and Yurei, the ghost girl who wants to help her. So, yeah, I guess it's like a ghost follows her around her workplace, and she's like, what the fuck? Anyway, Birdie Wing Golf Anime unveils more cast and song artists. We talked about this one, actually. This is that that, that golf anime, and it's all it's like a, it's all women playing golf, and uh, I think they're on golf teams and shit. You got one character doing this. <laughs> this girl straight up looks like Yumiko Jibami. Like, you got these crazy. It looks crazy. It looks wild. But it's called Birdie Wing uh, Golf Girls Story. Looks really cool. Bandai Namco Pictures describes the anime as a youth story centering on two young women golfers named Eve and Aoi Amawashi. The two come home from completely different backgrounds and have the complete opposite play styles, and together they shake the world of golf. So yeah, it looks like it could be super cool. I'll give it a watch. Give it a watch. Maya Sakamoto sings Ascendance of a Bookworm Anime Season 3 ending. Who cares? That show sucks. Nick and Danny. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. I've just... Can't get into it. Uh, laid back camp movie reveals Aoi candid photo key visual. Uh, yeah, dude, fucking Yuru camp movie. Let's fucking go. Uh, I heard this show is really good. I've never watched it. I know a lot of people like it. Um, but yeah, Yuru Kian laid back camp. Uh, Ega Yuru Kian laid back camp movie. Very cute. Honeyworks heroine Tarumono TV animes promo reveals the cast for Full Throttle Four. Uh, isn't this? Oh, the official website for heroin Tanamono Kiroi Heroin Tonaisho no Oshigoro. To become a good heroine, the unpopular girl at the secret lab and the secret job. The television anime of the Vocaloid creator unit Honeyworks song Heroin Tanamono began streaming on Thursday. A new promotional video that reveals the cast members for the unit uh, Full Throttle. So it's like an Idol Boys uh, thing. And then there's some other girls as well. 
Uh, I don't know. Is this like a short thing though? I think this is a short thing. Um, Nori, Nori, Noriko Hashimoto is directing the anime at Le Duce and Yoshimi Narita is supervising and writing the scripts. Kaori Ishii is designing the characters and serving as chief animation director. Yeah, actually, I like the art style of this. Is this like all idols though? I think it's an idol thing, right? The in-story group Lip Lip performed the opening song, Julieta. Um... A manga, a manga adaptation launched in January and is serializing a new chapter of the first day. I cannot find the description of the show. Hold on a sec. Oh, the story of the anime follows Hiyori Suzumi, a high school girl who becomes a manager in training for the high school girl idol unit Lip Lip. Hiyori left her hometown to pursue her passion, track and field, by enrolling in Tokyo's Sakuragaoka High School. Looking for a part-time job in Tokyo, she ended up working as an apprentice manager for her classmates and Lip Lip members. Yujiro Someya and Aizo Shibasaki. The story revolves around the coming of age of Hiyori as she juggles school, extracurricular life, and managing, and Lip Lip as they shine on the stage. So yeah, very cute. Sanbio Ato Yaju, Ga Kendo Suma Ni Tekare Wa Midara no Niko Shoku Deshita. That's a long name. <laughs> Three seconds later, a wild beast, the man in the corner at the mixer, was indecently carnivorous. Uh, manga opened on Thursday. The website posted the anime's main cast, main staff, April premiere, and main visual. I think it's just a romance. Uh, spicy kind of romance. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can find the... Oh, right here. <clears throat> uh, where does it say? The spicy romance. Spicy romance. The teens love manga. Thribio Atoyaju centers on Sumugi, a female college student who carries trauma from an aggressive man in her past. She meets Kaname at a mixer. She requested specifically for unaggressive herbivore-type men. She and Kaname hit it off, and Kaname resembles Sumugi's older brother a little bit. So she relaxes her guard around him. Kaname, however, feigns to be a herbivore-type man, but is in reality an aggressive carnivore-type man, and he can change his demeanor in an instant. Oh, what, so it's Fifty Shades of Grey? Sounds good. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's see. Ooh, this looks cool. The Eminence in Shadow anime announces Seven Shades cast. The official website for the television anime of Daisuke Aizawa is The Eminence in Shadow. Kage no Jitsuryo Kosha ni Narutakute. The light novel series announced the cast members of, this, of for The Seven Shades, the Secret Shadow Organization's elite operatives, on Thursday. Um, yeah, this, this character, Alpha, Beta, and Gamma, and Delta, and Epsilon, and Zeta, and Eta. If I had to, if I had to say which one was the cutest, it is absolutely Beta. Inori Minase is Beta. Uh, let's see. Even in his past life, Sid's dream wasn't to become a protagonist or a final boss. He'd rather li- lie low as a minor character until it's prime time to reveal his, he's a mastermind, or at least do the next best thing to pretend to be one. And now that he's been reborn into another world, he's ready to set the perfect conditions to live out his dreams to the fullest. Armed with his overactive imagination, Sid jokingly recruits members to his organization and makes up a whole backstory about an evil cult that they need to take down. Well, as luck would have it, these imaginary adversaries turn out to be the real deal, and everyone knows the truth but him. Uh, Okay, so it's an isekai, but like, cute girls with big swords kill you 5,000, which I'm all about. That's fine. Um... A-M-A-I-M, or Amaim Warrior, at Borderline Anime, post special video before April return. The official website for the Sunrise Beyond, uh, formerly Studio Zebek, and Toy Hobbity Company Bandai Spirits Collaborative Project Amaim Warrior at the Borderline. 
Kyokai Senki, began streaming a new special video for the anime on Thursday. Uh, yeah, I guess it's like a, a special or whichever. I'm not really big into Kyokai Senki. I, I thought it was going to be better. It's okay. I I don't know. The mecha design is okay. It's it's very, very sunrisey. Um, I don't know. It was all right. Um, let's see. Uh, Black Summoner Isekai novel gets TV anime this year. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Waking up in a strange new place with no memory of his past life, Calvin learns that he has bartered away those very mem- those very memories in exchange for powerful new abilities. During his recent transmigration, heading out into a whole new world as a summoner, with his first follower being the very goddess who brought him over, Calvin begins his new life as an adventurer, and it isn't long before he discovers his hidden disposition as a battle junkie. From the Black Knight of the ancient castle of evil spirits to the demon of the hidden cave of the sage, he revels in a fight against one formidable foe after another. Join this OP adventure in an exhilarating and epic saga as he and his allies carve their way into annals of history. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> Koro Koro Comics to launch free manga website on March 15th. The March issue of Shogakukan's Koro Koro Comics magazine revealed on Tuesday that the magazine is getting a new online publication that will serialize manga for free. The service itself will launch on March 15th, the magazine's official website. Uh, Shogakukan will announce the title of the publication at a later date, but it teased such titles as Young Korokoro Comics and Psycho Korokoro Comics. The website will launch seven new manga that can only be read on the website. The March issue of Korokoro Comics revealed images of the five protagonists from the upcoming manga, including the return of protagonists from Mitsuhisha's Timur... Mitsuhisa Tamura's Toshi Densetsu Sensei Uraman one shot that Shogakukan published in Bisatsu Korokoro Comics uh, special magazine in June 2020. Yeah, if you don't know Korokoro Comics, dude, Korokoro Comics, um, they do like Doraemon. Um, they've done, I think they did Duel Masters 2 also a while ago. They do a lot of, they do all the Pokemon stuff. They've done like Nintendo one shots, Kirby one shots, uh, Metroid one shots, like Zelda, some Zelda ones too. Very cool. Therme Rome Nove anime trailer reveals March 28th, Netflix debut. God, this looks fucking hilarious. Okay, it's based on a manga called Therme Rome by Mari Yamazaki, right? And basically, it is about this guy named Lucius, okay? In the Roman Empire, Lucius is a bath designer, and he accidentally slips back in time to present-day Japan and learns about Japanese bath culture in this comedy. And he wants to take notes and bring it back to his time and, you know, design bath for royalty, bathhouses for royalty uh, in his time. And it's really, it looks hilarious. Like, he discovers, like, a bidet. He's like, wow, that feels great, and... It's it just looks hilarious. It looks good, um, but yeah, it it's it, he he basically hot tub time machines himself, and it's it looks really hilarious. You can watch the trailer on Netflix's website or YouTube channel. Um, let's put that towards the end, <clears throat> uh, dude. Uh, Yofukashi no Utsa. We just I just saw the PV for this. This looks amazing. Uh, Koya Mori seems like a typical middle school student on the surface. Relatively good at studies and amiable with his classmates, he puts a lot of effort into maintaining this facade. One day, however, he decides to stop pretending and quit school, 
developing insomnia as a result of having no daytime outlet for his energy. When ta- taking walks alone at night, he feels marginally better, though he is aware with his inability to sleep should be considered a serious problem. And one day he meets a weird girl, Nazuna Nanakusa, who diagnoses the cause of his sleepiness. Despite making changes in his life, he is still holding himself back from experiencing true freedom. And then it turns out she's a vampire. And then she like, she's like, yeah, dude, you're a vampire or some shit. But it looks amazing. It looks amazing being uh, directed by Tomoyuki Itsumura and uh, <clears throat> based on a manga by Kodayama. Um, but yeah, I don't see the staff beyond that. I think I've had to go to a different, a different website. But yeah, Haruka Sago is a character designer. It looks very cool. I'm very excited to check that out because more vampire shit is always good. Duel Masters gets new Duel Masters King Max TV anime. Does this mean the return of the card game as well? Oh my god! Uh, to be honest, though, you know I don't know. I don't. The card game didn't really take off back then, so I don't know if it would take off now. I don't. I don't think I even ever collected those cards. I think I was like, I was already too into Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh, and I think it looked, it looked dumb to me. I was like, oh, they're just trying to do what Yu Gi Oh is doing, you know, trying to ride the hype on there. But yeah. High Dive is going to stream the second Girls in Panzer Dust finale anime film. So there you go. And so Dragon Ball had a big like announcement called the Dragon Ball Games Battle Hour. Um, that was this past weekend. It already happened. So uh, I'm sorry about that, that I didn't bring that up last newscast. I didn't see it until – I don't think they even announced it until like a, you know, a little bit earlier in the week, but like after I did the newscast. Um but the event on Saturday revealed revealed that the Dragon Ball Super superhero anime film will open in North America this summer. The event also streamed a short clip with no audio from the film, um, which you can watch on YouTube. Their live stream. It's a seven. It's like a. It's a really long live stream. Um, it's about an eight hour live stream, and you can uh, watch it at the seven seven hour and thirteen minute timestamp. Um, kind of get a look at like what the CG looks like um i don't think it looks terrible it it looks okay i wish it wasn't cg (laughs) you know i wish i wish it was the same people who did the the last super movie that would have been sick but we did get a new uh actual like key visual of it um where trunks and goten are more grown up so this is the like uh pan is still a little girl but she's like four or five uh, and what's really cool about it, the the thing I noticed the most, honestly, about this key visual is not only Trunks and Goten are, like, grown up, you know, they're teenagers, they look like they're 16 years old, but, like, the other group of main characters, like, there's Vegeta, Piccolo, and, uh, Gohan and Goku and Pan and whatever, and then the bad guys behind him, and there's Bulma in the car, and then we have Krillin and, and 18 on the, kind of in front of the car. Gohan is at the center of that big group. It's like Gohan in his blue uniform and then Goku to his left behind him with Piccolo behind him and Vegeta above that even behind Goku. And so that just makes me think, like, are we going to see Gohan do some shit? He's finally going to be like, nah, dude, I'm Gohan. I'm the new fucking hero. I do that mystic shit. Kill you 5,000. Because we all know Mr. Gohan is badass, okay? Anyway, this is probably the coolest thing I've ever heard. 
Hideki Anno's Shin Godzilla, Evangelion, Ultraman, Kamen Rider films join forces on events in merch. <clears throat> film Studio Toho, Film Studio Toei, and Anime Studio Kara, and Production Studio Subaraya Productions announced on collaboration project between Shin Godzilla, Evangelion Thrice Upon a Time, Shin Ultraman, and Shin Kamen Rider. All films directed or written by Anno, the Shin Japan Heroes Universe Project, named for the Shin Prefects in all the film's titles, is planning events, merchandise, and other tie-ins between the films. God, that looks fucking sweet. I, I mean, if I didn't love these things enough, okay? You know what I mean? Hey, let's put them all together. Booyah, okay? The fucking Kamen Rider doing his dropkick U5000, and then Godzilla, you know... Blowing up buildings, and then you have Ava Units One with the spear on this like little. This is like a little art piece that they put with it, and then you know doing his Ava thing, being fucking Jesus and killing his dad because fuck you, Geno, you're a dick. And then you have fucking Ultraman, my boy, just over here, yeah, doing the Ultra Beam. Fuck you, super cool. I'm super excited about that. Anyway, here's the last piece of news I think is super cool. Super cool. Animator Supporters Project launches manga to anime short film contest. The Animator Supporters nonprofit organization launched its manga to anime short film contest on Saturday. The first place entry will be adapted into an anime short film of about five minutes in length by professional Japanese animators. The contest is open to anyone, including hobbyists and professionals. Older works are eligible provided that they have not been previously published in any official serialization. Submissions must be 8 to 16 pages in length. The prize pool consists of approximately uh, $1,350 for third place, $2,700 for second place, and $4,500 for first. Submissions are open until September 30th. Um, information on how to apply is available on the contest English website. Um... Animator Supporters was founded in 2010. It runs the Animator Dormitory Project, a dormitory located in Tokyo for new animators. In 2011, it launched the New Animator Grand Prix contest aimed at new animators, offering a year's worth of housing support to prize winners. Um, the organization also regularly shares information about labor issues in the anime industry through its YouTube channel. Wow, I'm going to have to go check that out because I very much would like to watch that. Um, but yeah, very cool. Very cool. I'm very. I'm going to subscribe to that. Um, that's very cool. So, I mean, check out their website. You know, if you are uh, somebody who is a manga artist, whether you're in Japan or in North America, most of my listeners are in North America, so uh, I assume that's, you know. Um, but, you know, yeah, that'd be really cool. Like, what if you got your manga adapted into, like, a five-minute short? That'd be sick, dude. That'd be so cool. Anyway, I love you guys very much. Thank you for listening every week. And, of course, um, if I missed something or didn't report on something that you wanted me to report on and I missed it, please let me know, and I will absolutely report on it. Um, That being said, I love you guys very much. Thanks for listening every week, and this has been Sam and the Anime Summit Newscast.